Hello and welcome to Pragmatic Live, where we tackle some of the biggest challenges facing today's product management and marketing professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Lisa Sorg-Friedman, and today I'm joined by Emily Hosselman, Director of Marketing at CenterCode, which offers beta test management solutions. During a recent webinar, Emily discussed how beta testing can give your product a competitive edge. Today, she joins me to address some of the follow-up questions from the webinar. Welcome, Emily. Hi, thanks so much for having me back. Well, we're glad to have you. I really enjoy talking about beta testing with you, so um, I'm glad to have this opportunity. Why don't we get started with um, how complete and stable the product should be before going to beta testing? Oh, great question. Um, You want to gauge the customer acceptance of the product during beta. So a product should be feature complete and stable before you enter the beta phase. You also want the product experience to be as complete as possible. So you'll want the out of the box or onboarding experience to be complete. You'll want quick start guides or support documentation available to your testers. This will help you really gauge the whole customer um, experience, which is really what you want during beta. Now, if your product isn't at that point yet, you can run an alpha test instead of a beta test, which is really more quality focused. So that's similar to a beta test and that you're using real customers and getting their feedback. But the focus is purely on product quality. So your product doesn't have to be feature complete or stable for you to get as much value as you do um, out of the beta phase. So you really just focus your alpha testers on the parts of the product that are complete and need testing instead of really on the whole customer experience, which is what you get during the beta phase. Oh, that's good advice. Well, if you are doing beta testing, then how many testers make up a decent sample size? The number of testers you need really depends on the complexity of your target market and how many different demographic segmentations you have. So let's say you have six different personas in your target market. It's more important to make sure that you have a balanced team of those six personas that reflect their percentages in your target market rather than just focus on, say, getting bigger groups um, of those three core personas in hopes of making your data more statistically significant. So if some of your target market isn't represented because you really focused on those core markets or isn't represented proportionally, that's actually more damaging to your results than having small groups of each. So for example, let's say you have one core user persona that's maybe 60% of your market and then two um, smaller minority personas that are 20% each. It can be tempting to run a beta test that really just focuses on getting a group of those core users and getting feedback from them to try and make that data more significant. But then you're missing the feedback from those minority personas and you're really cutting out a whole uh, piece of your market and a whole piece of the picture that you need to get. So it's really important to make sure that your tester team actually has 60% of that core persona and 20% of each of those minority ones. Now, that being said, we recommend having no fewer than about 20 people in each demographic segmentation in if you're planning on drawing conclusions on that specific segmentation. So that'll give you enough uh, people, that 20, to make solid recommendations based off of just that segmentation. And then you put those groups of 20 together and you have much a much larger group to draw larger conclusions from. Okay, so when you talk about groups of 20, that's the sum total for all the testers um, in that sample size. And then you would um, make sure that 60% of those represented your larger market and 20% represented the two smaller markets. Yeah, so let's take the example that I was using before. So that core persona of 60% and the two minorities. So if you want to be able to draw... um, 
make recommendations based off of those minority personas, I wouldn't have fewer than 20 people representing that minority persona in your beta test. So you need 20 of each of those smaller markets, then an additional 60 from your core persona for a total of 100 testers to really show the balance of your target market and make sure that your recommendations are based off of um, that kind of small scale version of your target market. Got it. So then you need 20 for uh, a minimum of 20 for each of the um, market segments. Yes, exactly. Okay, regardless of how. So if it's a 10%, if it's a 10%, you still want 20 people, and then you Mm -hmm. would, okay, got it. Assuming that you want to really be able to hone in on that demographic segmentation. You know, Mm -hmm. if you are limited in other ways, let's say you only have 50 units, um, then you can still run a test with 50 people. You just won't be able to have enough people in that small demographic segmentation to make really solid recommendations on just that small group. Mm -hmm. I know that one question that came up um, several times uh, during the webinar is um, how can we create real interest and excitement to get beta testers to sign up and actually engage with us? Yeah, this is a question I hear all the time. Um, It's one of the biggest things that companies really struggle with. So how do I actually get people to join my beta program? And this is especially difficult for B2B business to business companies that have smaller customer bases and less exciting or, or appealing products to test or At least that's their perception and their concern. Um, But what we've found is that every customer base has excited, passionate people in it. You just have to craft the right messaging to get to them. So the first step is to really craft uh, that message. So focus on why they would want a beta test for you. They get early access to features. They get inside access to your team. They help to shape and improve a product that they use probably every single day. So communicate how important this is to your company to get feedback from users like them. Make them feel important. Uh, This motivation is actually why most beta testers volunteer. So you really want to focus your message on that and kind of build a, a marketing message really to those users. And then second, you want to work the recruiting efforts into everything that you can. So have a standing landing page on your website for your beta program recruiting testers. Put it in your onboarding materials. Make it part of your sales process, especially if you're a B2B company, Um, and your support processes, because that's frankly when customers want to see the most change in the product. Um, Put it in your marketing materials so that leads and prospective customers want to join, and you have non-customers in your community because their feedback is really valuable too. You can even do a PR push around it. It's really great PR message to show how serious you are about product quality, and it'll attract new customers as well as new testers. So you really need to work it into every point of your customer contact and not be afraid of kind of shouting from the rooftops a little bit that, that you're looking to get feedback and improve your product. And then the final piece of this is um, once they're in the community, you need to engage them as well. And that's all about community communicating value and making them feel validated and important. So share company and product news with your community members. Thank them over and over again for their help. Um, Make them feel special with early access uh, to new products, sneak peeks of things that are coming up and giveaways, that kind of thing. So many companies take their communities for granted, and they don't really make the effort to foster and affirm them. And then they're shocked when their communities aren't really responsive when they need them. So don't be that company. 
Okay. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about connecting to community, but first I wanted to ask you about um, the differences between beta testing for B2B and B2Cs. B2B tests often feel like a completely different animal than a B2C test. So B2B being business to business and then B2C being business to consumer. But the fundamentals are really still the same and really they're just as important. People often associate beta testing with those large scale consumer products that are in everyone's face, but any product that has an end user will benefit from beta testing. Your end users still really need to validate that the product meets their needs, um, even if it's a business product. So just because you have a smaller customer base or you work more closely with individual clients on a regular basis doesn't mean that you can justify skipping beta testing. You just need to structure it a little differently. Um, now, that being said, B2B testing does have some aspects that make it much more challenging than a B2C test. And they're mostly in the area of tester recruitment and management. So instead of people volunteering their free time to test your products, you're working with people who use your product as part of their daily jobs. And they may or may not be required to do so and required to be part of their beta tests in addition to all their other responsibilities, which makes it more challenging to kind of engage them and recruit them and get them excited. But just like with B2C testing, it comes down to communicating with and making your testers feel important. So if your product is something they use on an everyday basis, uh, they likely have some really strong opinions about that experience and where your product is falling short. So leverage that. Uh, stay in regular contact with them. Validate their feedback. Make them feel valued and heard. Work uh, closely with members of your own team as well, your sales team, your customer success team, your support team, the people that have those relationships with your customer base. They'll help you seek out good beta testing sites and help you kind of get an inside scoop of how what their needs are and how you can really engage them in your beta program. Now, you're likely going to have to do a lot more individualization for B2B beta testing, or at least with your first tests, as you get customers used to testing your product and giving feedback. Um, but your first tests on a, on a B2B side will likely be fairly small. We're talking about maybe a dozen different sites with a handful of testers at each. So that works out well. And you'll learn what works best for your customers over time and find trends in what they need and how they give their feedback. And that'll help you scale the larger tests in the future because there will be trends that will help you kind of save time and, and be able to make things scale. Um, but my final piece on this is don't be afraid to ask testers for things. Um, beta managers of B2B tests are often really concerned about upsetting customer relationships. So they often just let feedback come in naturally. And they'll say, you know, I'll, I'll just see how they use the product. I don't want to bother them. I don't want to nag them. And I'll just see what they give me. But as a result, they get much lower participation rates in their tests. But we've actually found that the opposite approach is actually a lot more effective. So communicate expectations before the test begins on why that participation is important. You can give them weekly task lists, um, weekly updates about the product and the test to, to uh, kind of keep them focused. You can give them um, kind of almost homework assignments or, or requests to focus on specific features and then give them a survey as a follow-up on that specific experience. So this level of guidance uh, will let them know what they've done and what's expected of them and, and that they're engaging in the appropriate way 
which kind of makes them feel comfortable and makes them feel like uh, they're doing what's expected and that things are going smoothly. Otherwise, they start to get frustrated, and then you'll get frustrated, and then by the end of the test, you have tarnished the relationship because everyone's feeling a little bit like their time was wasted. Mm. Now, you had mentioned a little bit earlier in our conversation about the importance of connecting to community. So can we talk a little bit more about that? You know, how can we bring the beta testers um, together and... um, what makes it easier for them to um, share feedback automatically? Yes, tester collaboration. Uh, This is a really, really powerful part of beta testing. So what we're talking about here is allowing testers to see and contribute to each other's feedback, and that can really amplify the impact of that feedback. So say one tester submits a bug. Um, By opening that up to the other testers, they can reproduce that bug, they can comment on it, um, they can add additional context to it, screenshots about their experience. It really starts to give you a complete complete picture of what that bug is and, and how it's affecting your customer base. But it's not just for bugs. You can use it for feature requests and allow them to vote on each other's ideas and see which ones are most popular um, or, or flesh out e- each other's ideas by making additional suggestions um, or even some of our testers will do little mock-ups of, of what they would like to see in the product. And then finally, they can support each other. So say one tester is confused about the quick start guide and onboarding materials, a couple other testers might jump in and help and say, hey, I was confused about that too. Here's the workaround that I found. And that gives you a really good idea of what's going on in the test, um, what people are seeing, how they're working around it, and how prevalent these issues are. And bonus, it lightens the load on your team because they're actually reproducing each other's issues and supporting each other, which means that you and your team don't have to do that. Now, there are some cases where you don't want to allow tester collaboration. So if you're a B2B product, for example, and many of your customer companies are actually competitors with each other, they might not be comfortable giving you feedback that could give inside information to others in the industry. Um, And that's especially true if your product is a sensitive business process or associated with a sensitive business process. So they're not going to want to put up screenshots of their financials, for example, um, if that's what you're trying, trying to test. So you still have some ways that you can get some of that value from collaboration, even if you don't allow immediate um, collaboration between your testers. So for example, you can collect all that data privately. So collect all the bugs, collect all the uh, feature suggestions privately, and then compile a list on your side of the bugs and the suggestions um, that you think are most relevant clean that product-specific information out of it, and then give it to your testers for voting and reproduction. Um, Then you know that you're getting all of the details on your side, and your testers don't have to worry about um, business-sensitive information being available to other testers. You just need to be upfront with your testers about this if that's what you're going to do. So tell them that you're sensitive to the fact that some testers are in the same industry. And so you're collecting feedback privately and not expecting anyone to provide any detailed business-specific information in any sort of collaborative setting. Um, that'll help them feel more comfortable and like you're really keeping their interests in mind, which, which will put them at ease and, and make them more likely to participate. So as with anything else in beta, it's all about communicating with your testers and setting expectations. So as long as long as your testers really know what's expected of them, they're usually game to provide the information you need and in, in the way you ask them to. 
Yeah, so be proactive. Yes, absolutely. Yes, if you take one thing away from our talk today, being proactive as a beta manager will will provide so much additional value um, out of your test. Well, you've mentioned the importance of well, being proactive and letting people who might be in competing industries um, or companies know that the information isn't necessarily going to be or will not be shared. But um, are there some other ways that you can motivate users to become beta testers? Yeah, absolutely. And and I touched on this a little bit already, but it's really all about kind of that messaging and communication. So you want to leverage that natural motivation to better the products in their lives. Um, people want to contribute to, to the products that matter the most to them. And that's true for both B2B and B2C products. So you have to craft that message and then continue stoking that natural motivation throughout the process. So the more transparent you are with feedback, um, how their feedback is being used, how much your company values that participation, the more your testers and potential testers feel like they're really contributing to something larger and making something better, which is a really powerful natural motivator. So we've seen um, companies, for example, include tester leaderboards um, with the most important bugs from that week that were submitted, or they'll even include testers in their product meetings um, once a week and say, hey, here are the bugs that we brought um, that you guys found to our product meeting. This is what we're doing about them. They'll even record their product meetings and, and share those with the testers that are going Going on. Um, you can motivate them by doing giveaways, by doing um, little competitions. So, for example, we had a customer who did uh, the first 10 testers to complete a survey would get like a little piece of swag, like a t shirt or a branded um, USB thumb drive or, or something like that. Um, and just those kinds of little tokens of appreciation really show your testers that you guys care and, and that it matters to you. Um, I've also seen companies do some other really creative things. We had one um, customer who actually shared their uh, release calendar and kept that regularly updated with their community so that all of their tester community could see what was on uh, coming over the next month or two and get excited about it along with the product team. And, And that kind of transparency can be really valuable. Good to know. Well, I know in the original webinar, one of the questions was that uh, you mentioned that at Center Code you get high levels of participation in your beta testing and way more than one third of the people that you um, contact. How do you do that? So the, the industry standard for participation rates in a beta test is about 30%. So that means that 70% of your testers either weren't interested in the product and never opened it, never bothered, you know, you never got feedback on that experience. And so you don't know if it was a, a positive or negative experience. And um, the statistic that, that you're mentioning is that we consistently get above 90% uh, participation rates on our tests. Oh, Wow. Okay. Yeah, and, and how do we do that? So that's definitely a big difference. So we actually have, I've written a whole ebook on this, but we have a variety of different methods that we use in our tests to, to keep kind of that consistency. And um, one of the big things is the fact that we have an ongoing community of testers that we pull from. So these are people that over time we've They've participated in tests with us. We've scored them based on their participation. We're constantly educating them about being good testers. And by kind of fostering and educating your community over time, um, you'll find that you have testers who are really ready to go the moment they step into a test. So don't just um, think about tester readiness on day one of your test. 
that's something that you can be building in your community before people even join one of your beta tests and start prepping them to be good testers. We also have a variety of different feedback methods that we use. So I found that companies often really focus on one feedback method. So maybe it's surveys for them or maybe it's bug reports, um, but that really limits the way that people can engage. And if they don't find a bug, then you don't get any feedback from them. So we have bug reports, feature requests, journals, um, discussion boards, surveys, tasks as part of every single test that we run. And that allows our testers to engage in a number of different ways, no matter how their product experience is going, if it's positive or negative. And we find that has um, a really good influence on their participation rates as well. And then also, and I, I referenced to this a little bit earlier, but uh, we use task lists. So we focus each week on different things that we want um, the testers to do. And so each week we kind of come out with a little to-do list of, hey, here are some things you can do in the product and we'd like you to, to see how that experience goes. And giving them a little bit of guidance um, gets them started in using the product and, and possibly running into issues and gives them something to talk about. So giving them that, that kind of starting place um, we find keeps them coming back each week and, and keeps giving them new things to, to give us feedback on, which is great. And then finally, we have compliance protocols, I guess you could say. So we consistently communicate with our testers about what's expected of them, and then we follow up. So if we have a tester who hasn't logged in, isn't completing their surveys, we reach out to them and we say, hey, um, notice that you haven't uh, put any feedback in lately. Is everything going okay with the product? Is there anything you're confused about? Anything we can help with? And those kind of little touches and little reminders are often enough to get testers re-engaged um, and coming back and giving us additional feedback. So those are just a couple of examples. We have kind of a whole slew of best practices that we use in our tests, but those are a couple of biggies that, that can definitely make a huge difference in participation rates, which I mean, the difference between 30% and 90% is three times the feedback. So it can be really valuable to implement um, just some small changes to increase the participation rates in your tests. Yeah, that that's huge. That's just statistically significant. Um, <laughs> now, I, I'm curious, um, do you ever reuse beta testers? Yeah, so we do. We we have scoring capabilities in our platform that let us um, score testers based off of their participation in past tests. And we use that both to get rid of testers that don't perform um, and also to highlight the testers that are really rock stars. But we, we do a balance in every single one of our tests. So we never want to test that is all um, rock stars because they... Um, are already experienced with kind of how a beta test goes. And so we like to have a mix um, of about 30% experienced testers and 70% testers that aren't um, used to beta testing because we don't want to get to that point where they're kind of professional beta testers. You know, um, you really want to be getting feedback from your target market, which could be people who are non-technical, you know, people who, who don't do this regularly, who aren't really um, early tech adopters. And so you want to make sure that you're you're not biasing yourself by pulling in just people who, who beta test on a regular basis. Now, that said, um, like those alpha tests that I was talking about earlier, now that's a scenario where you might want to pull some really established testers for your community. 
And because you know you can trust them, you know they know how giving feedback works, they have some experience in the beta testing realm, those are great candidates for your alpha tests because they'll hit the ground running, they'll, they know how to report bugs, um, and they'll help you get the most out of those quality-driven testing phases. Well, that's good to know. Now, because you all get a 90% participation rate, and you mentioned that you've written an ebook on the subject, um, is that posted on your website? Can our listeners find it? It is. It's a free resource. It's on centercode.com in our library. It's called Reaching 90% Beta Participation. Um, I highly recommend that you guys download that and check it out. It's really useful. Great. I, I would encourage our listeners to do that too. I'm going I'm going to uh, I'm going to do it myself. So key takeaways from this conversation besides being proactive. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I think proactive is definitely the big one. Um, having having some plans in place and not being afraid to ask testers for the feedback you need, kind of getting over that concern uh, can, can take you really far. And then the other one is just thinking about how you're communicating with testers. And this is actually something that um, we do on our side is we make sure that um, everybody who works here at some point takes part in a beta test as a beta tester and experiences it on that side. So you see what our communication processes are, are like. You see what it's like to submit feedback and, and work with a product. And that provides us really good insight into what our own beta tester experience is like. So it's always good to kind of take a minute in a beta tester's shoes and say, okay, if I was given these directions, would that be sufficient to provide the, the valuable feedback that I'm expecting on the beta manager side? Um, and if it's not, then you need to go back and rework it. Maybe give more direction, um, give more product um, information at the beginning, do a little tour of the beta tools that are available so people get used to it. But getting that perspective as a beta tester will be make it really clear if your communication methodologies, which are incredibly important, um, are, are good enough or clear enough to get the feedback that you need. And then I think the other thing is just um, beta testing is hard. <laughs> it's challenging to do right. It'll probably take some time, but building some best practices and processes and kind of some standard processes at your organization as you learn lessons are is really valuable in building the value of your beta program over time. Some great advice there, Emily. Thank you very much. It's It's been fascinating. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I, loved, I love talking to you because I learned so much more about beta testing. It's great. And I'm going to check out the white paper on your um, website at centercode.com as well. Wonderful. Please do. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Pragmatic Live. You can listen to the original webinar on our website, pragmaticmarketing.com. And to learn more about beta testing, check out centercode.com. Thanks for listening today. 